Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host, my freezing darling co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Your cold host. My cold host, good one. Uh, Greg is sitting in a car yeah. outside his job right now. Sure am. Uh, what's the temperature there, Greg, out of curiosity? Oh, let's look this up. You know, outside, inside, doesn't matter. I'm not prepared for any of the questions you ever ask me, so we're staying on point. It is. Oh, this is 15 great. Fifteen degrees. <laughs> Hot fifteen. All nice. right. Okay, great. Yeah. So let's warm it up by getting into this podcast. What do you say? Oh God. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, between you, me, and our listeners, yeah, I might just. I might just like hotbox my own car and just start farting just to see if it'll warm things up. <laughs> There's only one way to do that. After the weekend we had, is that the only response you could do? No, the, after the weekend we had is just like the amount of alcohol in my body. I'd be nervous that if I was trying to force anything out, that it'd, it'd, it'd be accompanied by something. Hey, man, at least you won a bunch of money, right? <laughs> I fucking hate you, Ryan. <laughs> that was a good joke. Anyway, uh, let's get this going. So, New York Rangers. This is what this podcast is about, I yeah. presume. Uh, so, we have yeah. two elite goalies. Is that true? Yes? I hate that word. Okay, you hate the no, elite word? I fucking, I, yeah, it's, it's a stupid fucking word. Well, okay, you could say we have two, Hank we is have, elite. You could no, say Hank is elite. We, That's true. No, stop using that word. We have two goalies that are playing at the top of their games right now. It's a great situation to be in. We don't have to call it elite. We don't have to call it anything beyond what it is. It's a very nice situation oh, to be Greg in. Two cold. goalies that seemingly can't lose. Right, and they're playing out of their minds. Now, my point I wanted to bring up, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that this team has now played two drastically different styles of hockey throughout this season and has been able to perform and succeed in both ways. The defense hasn't come back to bite them in the ass, but I, I know you're what you're going to say. Both goalies have played out of their ass despite the defense. These Now this team is yep, playing sure low-scoring, uh, gritty hockey where we can't score five goals every game like we, we did a month ago, but we're, we're out-clutching teams, and suddenly we can win a shootout. So that's where we are now. And I, I just want to say, like, this team is obviously built for the long haul even with these injuries. Uh, once we get back those injuries, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, this team's going to be way better than it is now. I think you're confusing low-scoring games with the team playing good defense, though. I don't think those things are – they can be mutually exclusive. So I, do, I don't think the Rangers are playing – I don't think the Rangers are playing better defense. I think the Rangers are getting better goaltending. That's probably fair. Uh, see, like, I, I really like Shea's play, play of lately. Holden's been – Shea's been great. Holden has been impressive to me. Like, he hasn't really made any bad mistakes. Holden, Holden's been better. Um, and now, and Girardi and Stahl have, have once again reared their head. Uh, Stahl took some bad penalties, uh, especially in the Devil game yesterday. That was, or, or whatever it was on Sunday, that was pretty bad. Uh, he was getting played up pretty hard. So those two guys the will be exposed. Mi- but. The, the McDonough-Dan Girardi uh, defensive pairing, I forgot exactly what stat this is, but there is a... Um, it's not it's not a direct shot percentage stat, but it's something in that mold. It has Dan Girardi and McDonough as the third worst defensive pairing um, in the league, Oof. which says something because Ryan McDonough has been one of the best Defense individual man. defensive players <laughs> this league. Yes. So if you put if you put literally anyone else with Ryan McDonough 
uh, it would be interesting to see where they place on that spectrum. But with Dan Girardi, uh, he they rate out as one of the three worst defensive pairings in the NHL. So again, I'm I'm not saying I'm not ever going to be prepared to say the Rangers are playing better defensively. I think the Rangers are getting extraordinary goaltending, and extraordinary goaltending like it does in the playoffs can carry you for short stretches of time. But over an 82 game season those warts will get exposed and it's only a matter of time. And with the Rangers not scoring right now, because they're so injured, uh, I think you just need to thank your lucky stars that the Rangers are in the position that they're in. Well, I think we also need to thank our lucky stars that Lundqvist didn't get injured during the stars game. What did you think of the hit on Lundqvist during that game? And do you think four games was enough of a suspension? Yeah. Um, it's definitely dirty. The thing I don't like is that, uh, Aiken left his, he left the ice. Yeah, it he looks like feet. he elevated himself to jump up into Henrik, which is I, like a hit on a goalie I don't think should be as taboo as some people make it out to be. If a goalie leaves the crease and makes himself available in open ice, I, I view it as like a quarterback running out of the pocket. But yeah, I view it the same way. The way, in which, the way in which Hank was hurt, if that was any player getting hurt in that way, I think a suspension is warranted. And four games seems to be the going rate for that kind of hit right now. So I think the I would personally I, I, I don't know how much longer a suspension would like is six games better than four, really, when you think about it. No. The fact that he got suspended is good. Uh, the hit was dirty. And the fact that Hank was able to come back in and preserve the shutout. All, all good things. All good things. That was probably one of the most fun games I've watched this year, actually. I got I got home a little bit afterwards, and I got to watch the replay of the Rangers and 60 of the entirety. Hank put out of his fucking mind. And you could tell that, you know, I, I don't want to... I'm going to make drama right here, but, you know, the pressure of, of Ronta playing so well really put Hank into the zone he needed to be in. Now, I know he was just in a slump, but he probably worked with Benoit the entire time he was on practice, and he was benched for four games, which, you know, has he ever been benched for four games in his career? No, other than, like, injuries. So he was a healthy scratch that entire time. And it, it just seemed like he knew the pressure of the situation, like he was going to, if he did come out and let five goals in, you know, he was going to keep not playing until until he returned to form. But he is now the second star of the week this week, and that's the second week in a row the Rangers have a goalie in the second star, which also happens to be two different goalies. This is why the goalie thing was never a controversy because there was no scenario in which Henrik Lundqvist was going to keep sitting. He was going to keep, AV was just going to keep playing the hot hand and anti Ranta was playing unbelievable hockey. He posted back-to-back shutouts and stopped all but one shot in a week. Ranta warranted staying in the lineup. You could make the case that even the game Ranta lost before Hank came back in, it was only a two-to-one game. There was really no reason you could make... There was no bona fide reason in that game throughout it to be like, Ranta now shouldn't be playing. His streak is run out. You could have made the case that he should have stayed in there, but he didn't get a start. Hank, the rest of the week. Hank, Hank definitely just viewed the rest as a challenge. And there's nobody I feel more confident about responding to a challenge, maybe in Rangers history than Henrik Lundqvist, maybe Mark Messier, the only other guy you challenge Hank. He's going to step up to the plate. Hank is single-handedly the reason why the Rangers went to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. It's not like Hank has always been given these juggernaut teams and had to do everything just riding the backs of the offense. Hank's been the reason for the large part of the last decade why the Rangers have been a relevant hockey franchise. And Hank's exiting his prime for sure, 
I think it takes longer for Hank to get into the rhythm than it would have a couple of years ago. But this is Hank. He's right. back. He's fine. This is why I never wanted to call it controversy. Some would call him elite, you know? Look, Some guys look, would call him elite. Look. Oh, God, that word. Look, <laughs> Hank needs rest because the Rangers need him at his best in April. If you can find him a week off in December and win games while he sits on the bench, that's honestly the best-case scenario. And that's what the Rangers did. Yeah, I, I can't complain. Once again, this team continues to impress me. The you know That Devils game on Sunday should have been 5 nothing. Uh, pretty pretty immediately. We on the penalty kill that entire game. We almost, I think we had four shots on goal. Well, they had one during two penalty uh, during two power plays. Uh, we broke away every single uh, every single penalty kill. We were I, I couldn't believe the goals uh, the the goals that Schneider was denying us. And he's obviously a very good goalie, but that Devils team is just not good. And I have a feeling I was speaking to our, our good friend Jeff, who was on the podcast last week on Saturday night during our, our trip to Mohegan Sun. And he just looked at me and said, this Devils team fucking sucks. They suck. And I, it's hard for me not to. They played their asses off against the Rangers, but and losing in a shootout, like, let's just let's just admit it. Shootouts, they, that's a shitty way to decide. A, uh, well, welcome back to Potty Mouth, by the way. That's a shitty way to decide a game. But uh, when you win one, boy, does it feel sweet. Yeah, the Devils definitely have some nice pieces to move forward with. Obviously, everyone would love to have Taylor Hall. Schneider's I think Kyle great, Palmieri. Man. Kyra Palmer is great. Schneider is great. Uh, I personally like Adam Henrique, but I mean, it's it's slim pickings on the rest of the roster. Everybody else is kind of in that. To me, at least, I'm sure Jeff would disagree with this assessment, but it feels like everyone else is kind of like a the hockey equivalent of a quad A player, a little too good to be in the a- AHL, but not really good enough to have a consistent role in the NHL. Um, there's just, there's just not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to, you know, not a whole lot of juice to squeeze there it's outside of Hall, Palmieri, Henrik and Schneider. And Schneider's not that young. Schneider's been around a while. I know I, honestly, if you're the devils, I wonder if you think about what you could possibly get in trade for Corey Schneider. I don't think they think about that at all. Do they? Could you, could I know. I, that, I'm looking up his age right now, but. I don't think that that's really a, like it's hard to find elite goaltending. I mean, what would Dallas give for Schneider? You know that that's the team that would that would want him, right? Well, that's that's wow. the thing. You he, can he's ask not for young. Uh, he's thirty. You're correct. Wow. Yeah, you could you could ask for a large return. I'm not saying like they need to sell low on Corey Schneider. I just think it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to have the conversation with a team like the Stars. Like, you want to give us three first round picks and two young players for Corey Schneider? I'm not saying the stars would do that either, but I, I just I don't know how much depth that is quality that the Devils have, and it I, I think it's I think it's worth having that discussion. It definitely is. I mean, the Islanders was a, was a team of last even last year where I was I was very scared of this team going forward. They seemed young, and they had a lot of good pieces. They had one of the best fourth lines in the league, and now look at them. They're minus 18. Maybe because they didn't make certain trades, and they, they let guys go to free agency, right? And they just let them walk. Well, yeah, when you lose when you lose Franz Nielsen and Kyle Ocposo, and then you bring someone in like Andrew Ladd, who to this point in time is just flatlined as a signing, you're not going to be better, that's for sure. No, that's not helping. And their defense is just their, – their defense is almost completely opposite – the same players are just playing as well as they did last year, so poorly this year. 
the the worst two, uh, two of the four worst defensive pairings in the NHL are the top two pairings for the Islanders. It's really impressive. That's pretty brutal. That is tough. Um, let's talk about these injuries real quick. So, Bushnevich, he is literally a mystery at this point in time. Uh, he skated once over the past two weeks. Uh, there's been no news. It's radio silent. The way I look at it is we might not see him until well after January, it seems, at this point. Just just a guess or hunch at my point. I think they're really strengthening, it, strengthening him in the background, and they do not want him skating until he's fully healthy. They're not risking it. I don't know yeah. if you have any opinion on that whatsoever. Uh, I am not a doctor. Sounds good. Uh, Rick Nash has pulled his other groin. So there's that. How important is a groin? I, you know what? It sounds important. Like, if uh, I've never pulled my groin, but I, I can imagine it's, it's a very bad time. And pulling your other groin is, I will, you know. Something. I will say this. I pulled groin once in my life. It was during, in high school, we had to take swim classes as part of our PE. And we were, it was the day we were doing the side stroke. And I remember I'm in the deep end, and I just, I guess I kicked too hard. And I just, felt and heard a pop in my groin and it was excruciating for about 10 minutes until I was able to somehow get myself out of the deep end and out of the pool because it literally, it rendered one of my legs just utterly useless. And I I will say that was a miserable feeling. Um, And I'm sure that wasn't even like a severe groin pull. It was just like pulling it in the worst possible situation. Yes, because now you have uh, to swim or you'll drown. So, yeah, not great, not great, not, not great. great. The drowning part, you know, tough. So, so basically, that that story is to say, Rick Nash, I feel you, dude. I feel you, bro. Uh, I think, and I think he's going to be out. It sounds like he's going to be out a couple weeks. So, you I, think it's I, I, I didn't see any reports on time just yet. Um, but you think it's going to be a couple weeks? Uh, Larry, yeah. Larry Brooks, Larry Brooks dropped the very unfriendly indefinitely in his article today. Uh, and I can't remember the last time an indefinitely injury didn't require at least two weeks out. That's such a crap injury, too, because Rick Nash, the way he's been playing these past two weeks has been phenomenal. Uh, just him taking the puck off the ice just on the Devils game where he deked out like three different Devils and almost scored was a sight to see. He looked like an entirely different player, and he has for the past month when he was playing aside from the groin was injury. It- was it against the Predators? He had the snipe of all snipes. Yes, it was. That was that was the first. Oh goal. my god! Rick Nash playing that, out of his mind. Was, that that snipe was homoerotic. It was amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. And to lose him now, when we've already lost so much depth, and we just cut Josh Juris, and we're sitting Peary for Pumple. Um, you know, Peary, you know it's Pumple. Like sorry. he's not trying to fool you on his name. <laughs> sorry, my bad, Matt. Um, and, uh, but Pierre is going to play now. So, you know, all this depth we have is really, really come back to help us. This, this Penguins game, uh, coming up today when you're listening to this, or if you're after listening afterwards is going to be, uh, quite the scene. I, I do not have the best feeling about it, uh, but we are playing gritty right nor now. Nor should you. Yeah, nor should I. And, uh, I want to get to our, our brand new segment, uh, the good and the bad. You know, I just made this up. Uh, so the good news is, uh, we have 47 points and we lead the Metropolitan Division at this point in time. The bad news is we play the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're two points behind us. The even worse news is they have two games to hand on us. The even, even, even worse news is, is this. And this is the most unbelievable thing. There's two most unbelievable things today, by the way. This is the first one. The Blue Jackets 
are on a nine-game win streak. They're 9-0-1 in their last 10. They are they have 44 points. They have more points than ev- than every other first-place team except for the Canadians and Blackhawks in, in, the, in the league. So anyone else in the, any other division, they have more points than. They have five games so, in hand on us. So, so, hold, hold, hold on. So the Blue Jackets... Sorry, I, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. The, yeah, <laughs> the Blue Jackets only ha- would be leading the Pacific, Ex- but still will not be leading Ex- the other three divisions. I will put it this way. Ex- you made it sound like yeah, the Blue Jackets are the best team in hockey, except for these five teams let, that let are me, better Let than. me rephrase that. With the exception of the Blackhawks... And the Canadians, they would be second place or higher in every other division. No, you're still doing you, you, you're doing it terribly. Okay, you, Do all it you for need me, to say right? is okay because you're forgetting that there are only four divisions. Like you're trying to make this grandiose statement, but there are four divisions. <laughs> so the Blue Jackets in any other division would be a number two seed. That's at the minimum. There you go. Correct. And in the Pacific, at the, in the in the Pacific, they'd be the number one. That's correct. And the but, fl- be, but because the Metropolitan Division is on steroids, they're the number three. The Flyers are in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. They're nine one and zero in their last ten, and they have forty one points. They're tied with the Capitals. So our division is on steroids. I predict five teams will get into the playoffs from this division. And it'll be a race to the end. The second worst thing that happened today, or best thing, is Trump Trump has elected to put in control of the, uh, I think he's the Secretary of the Army, the owner of the Panthers. So, congratulations, owner of the Panthers. That's a true Hold story. On, I want to go, go back in time. I'm still in a betting mood because we just lost so much money at Mohegan. Okay. Um, I want to make a bet with you that, uh, so you, you think the Flyers and the Capitals who are in fourth. Do you think those will be either the Flyers, Capitals, or the Flyers and the Blue Jackets, or the Blue Jackets and the Capitals? You're saying both wildcard teams will come out of the Metropolitan Division. I am saying that, yes. So you will give me the field when I, when I say one of the teams from the Atlantic or whatever the name of the other division so is. So that, that would will mean be you, would like either, you would like either the Lightning or the Panthers uh, or the Bruins to one of those those teams would have to be you know yeah okay yeah I'll give yeah, you a field I do I oh. do I like I like one of those three teams being a wild card team I don't think the Flyers are for real uh, and I think the Blue Jackets are playing with a little bit of hocus pocus too so I don't uh, I don't buy into December hot streaks I it, I want it to be known that I will take one of the Lightning Bruins or Panthers over. Uh, a metropolitan team for the final wild card spot. That's fine. We'll uh, we'll make a dinner bet or something like that. How about that? I'll buy you dinner. Dinner bet. Dinner bet. I get to choose. A, uh, winner chooses the restaurant. Sounds. That's great. I love this. And we'll report on it. All right. So we'll, we'll write that down. And we'll put it on the on this week's description, and we'll uh, we'll come back to it at the end of the season. It is known. It is known. Um, so now that I've touched on all that, I mean, the Blue Jacket thing with Tortorella is, is pretty damn impressive. I thought that team would suck. I mean, I'm, I'm on record of saying that team would suck. And they they have now have – they are now the second-best goal differential in the, in the league, and we're first, and we only have one, yeah, one well, win them. So. I know, but kind of like how the Rangers right now are winning with a lot of hopes and dreams. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on the Blue Jackets being the you know second coming of Christ or anything. I'm not saying that either. It's a, that's just a very impressive streak, and they've they've hung around all games. So uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. So, I mean, I would I want the Lightning to be out of the playoffs if I'm being honest with you. So I'm just, I'm hoping for it. 
Um, yeah, well, I got the Bruins and the Panthers too, bro. Let's talk about these two games coming up uh, very briefly, and then we'll. Well, I know you're you're freezing in your car, so we'll talk a little bit of nonsense and get out of here for you. Uh, this Penguins, sure, buddy. We have the national holidays coming up. We only have two games this week before the Christmas holiday on Saturday. Happy Christmas, Greg. Uh, I know you celebrate very hard. Is that how? Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, happy. Hanukkah's coming up too, you know. I know. I know. Seven crazy nights. Um, hey, and- you, you, hey, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Uh, I love this. Um, tomorrow, today is the Penguin game, which is at at Pittsburgh, and that is International Human Solidarity Day. So you know, enjoy a day by yourself, and uh, enjoy watching the Penguins and the Rangers. Just, I that game will be hard fought as you as expected it to be. And then we on Friday, December twenty third, is Festivus. We we are at home in MSG versus the Wild, and that'll be Eric Stahl's return to the Garden. That'll be fun. So oh uh, yeah. I- you know, I've had to stay circled. I've waited for the great Eric Stahl to come uh, back. Me to too. I, I wish I was going just to boo his ass. Oh, uh, man. I really did not like that guy. Is Eric Stahl really worthy of booing? Yes. Absolutely. He came to I this disagree. team. Oh, why? Tell me. Because he's just an insignificant footnote in the history of the New York Rangers. He is insignificant. And that's why I think he's worth booing. Because he was the piece that was supposed to no. help us last year. No, but... But him coming in wasn't like him coming in was a redundant piece being added. I don't blame Eric Stahl for him not being good for the Rangers. I blame the Rangers for trading so much away to get someone that maybe possibly could have helped their third line. Like I, I, I blame the front office for Eric Stahl's failures more than I do Eric Stahl. Yeah, I guess so. There would be. He, he kind of We're forced his way We're here, uh, though. At the same time, he was like, I only really want to play in New York with my brother. Yeah, so that's great. The Rangers didn't have to, you know, make the trade. They could have been like, that's cool. Have fun in Carolina. Have like, a great life. They didn't life. have to make the deal. Yeah, you're right. It's not like Eric Stahl called him up and was like, you have to trade for me. And they were like, oh, okay, I had no idea. My apologies. Yeah. Sorry. Let's make this trade work. The Rangers didn't have to do it. It's like, uh, come on, we're uh, we're 25 minutes about. Yep. 23 minutes of this podcast, haven't had a Met reference Ooh, yet. Ooh, here it comes. It would, be, it would be like the Mets trading for Justin Verlander and then Met fans being angry that they didn't score more runs. Yeah. that would That's true. Like, fine, fine. Uh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, it's like, yeah, don't, don't blame the Eric Stahl not scoring more goals for the Rangers when it really wasn't like, yes, on the power play, the Rangers were atrocious. But Eric Stahl was not the reason why the Rangers failed last year. He was just an insignificant footnote in the season that was. So I think, honestly, Eric Stahl should get no ovation. And I think that would say more about what his tenure was than if fans just booed him relentlessly. Save your boos for people that matter or that warrant the boo. Like, save them all for Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> just boo his ass more. <laughs> Yeah, he's I'm not a fan of his. Um, yeah, I do no, want to give Stahl, Eric Stahl is insignificant. That's insignificant. That, he really he is. does not warrant a reaction. That's the best way to describe Eric Stahl's uh, time here as a New York Ranger. Insignificant. Yeah. Um, insignificant. I do want to just give kudos to two other players because I've already given my my first star this week. Uh, uh, let's just say this: the two stars of the week are are Lundqvist and uh, and Nash. They both played their ass off this week. But I do want to just give a shout out real quick to Jimmy Vc. For going out there and hitting this one of the sweetest showdown goals I've seen, and also to 
Zuccarello for playing like a goddamn Wolverine in that overtime. He took a puck away from three players in that overtime, and that was one of the most impressive things I've seen. And, and he just goes, he's so much shorter and smaller than everyone, and they like look at him, they look at him like, oh, he's coming to get the puck from three of us. He can't do that, and he just takes it. It was it was a magic moment. Nothing really happened, but it just like watching yeah. the play was incredible. As much grief as I gave Saber fans for booing Jimmy VC because he didn't sign with Buffalo after they traded for him, Natural Predator fans are well within their right to boo Jimmy oh, VC. Please, you can hold uh, up all the signs. I, I know I, I'm cool with it. Yeah, you 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 can do it because anytime a potential star player or a, a star prospect, I should say. Anytime a star prospect says something like, hey, if you make the playoffs, I'll come back and play for you, and you're expecting him to be the difference maker, and then at the 11th hour he goes, you know what? Not so much. You want to play me on uh, the yeah, second no, line in the playoffs and we have a good chance to win? No, I'd, no, rather, I'd rather be a Ranger. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're allowed to boo Jimmy VC. And for the record, let me also say, I'm happy Jimmy VC made the decision that he did. Same. Let me put that on record. I'm very happy. Also, also, see... This is why I struggle with AV because I want to hate AV at all times. I, I, he's an idiot when it comes to defensive pairings and usually player management. But at the same time, I love AV because he whips his fucking dick out in Nashville and lets Jimmy VC take the first shootout goal because why the fuck not? Like, that's the AV I like. It's, right. the, same, it's the same fucking problem I have with Terry Collins. I fucking hate Terry Collins and the way he manages the bullpen. But Terry Collins will sit down in front of the media and be like, you know what fucking happened today? We fucking sucked. And here's why we fucking sucked. <laughs> and I'm sorry that we fucking sucked. And I'm going to do better next time. And I'm like, Terry, nice. Where has this been? Just, I wish the Mets would be able to, like, just give all the pitching decisions to Dan Worthen. Like, let him make every pitching decision ever. Don't even let Terry have the option. Just, like, let fucking uh, – Take away his keys. Let Bukaboo make every defensive decision ever. If Bukaboom wants to play Clendenning and sit Girardi, fine. AV doesn't get a say. Let Bukaboom do it. I mean, I'm with you. <laughs> that, was a, that was quite the rant. I love the Terry Collins part. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fucking cold. So now I'm full I, of rant. Because like if, if, when I stop talking, you gotta warm I up. think about how cold it is. Yeah, that's true. So the the, the continuous talking really uh, it really helps really you distracts out. the mind from everything else going on. Around. Well, we do have something to talk about real quick, and I, I we have an announcement to make. It's it's been officially a year of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Give it up, Greg. Give it up. It's. It's been. You can't clap too cold. I'm not taking. <laughs> I'm not taking my hands out of my pocket. You're fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, now, for for the record, it's officially been a year and a week. It's been a year. Like and the week. great hosts we are. We forgot last like week. Like the great hosts that we are, we we totally forgot that it was our birthday last week. It was, but I want to just give a shout out to everyone who's who's come on board, uh, and and joined us in our wonderful Blue Shirts Breakaway family. Uh, and our fellow Blue Shirts brethren over here at the podcast. It's been, uh, we were very impressed when we first started this, when we had three listeners, and now we have an episode that had a thousand listens, and uh, we've come a long way. Uh, we will have better quality as, as Greg settles into Albany. Uh, I bought him a very nice Christmas gift today. Humble brag, humble brag. And, uh, <laughs> and, Not a humble brag. You, you bought it. You I, can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, that's true. I could throw it out. Oh. But I, bought, I, bought, I purchased Greg a mic today, and we'll, we, we will be getting better quality as it goes on. But I really just want to thank everyone for their support. We do get some nice emails from time to time, and uh, we've made some nice friends from, from this little endeavor of ours. So we, we're looking to get uh, forward to next year, and uh, we do love you all and appreciate everything you guys have, have said to us. 
Except for like two people. And I'd like to, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, coming up to us at Mohegan Sun this weekend. None of you did, and that was very nice of you <laughs> yeah, because pre- we weren't having a good time. <laughs> Appreciate it. I had an okay time. Greg, though. Yeah. Ooh, boy. It's... Yeah, fuck you, me. That's all I have to say. That <laughs> was okay. Um, we went well. We went with a group of twenty-five people, and I honestly think two people left up. I think it was you and our friend Michael Spat. That was it. Yeah. That won money. Yep. I think that was. I it. I really do think that was it. So, uh, I, and I, everyone else lost a significant amount. Of it was no, no, no one lost a little bit. It wasn't like, and it was like, I'm down 50. No, no, no one. This is, this is, this is important for our listeners. Everyone needs to know the first night we were there Friday night, uh, we sat down. If you've ever been to Mohegan sun, there's a bow and arrow sports grill. That is amazing. And the there are blackjack tables right outside the grill that you can watch TVs on and stuff. No joke. Within 20 minutes, we commandeered two different blackjack tables. And within maybe 20 minutes, I think the 12 people that were combined sitting at these two tables were like, yeah, we're all down $200, and we don't know how it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. We got there late. I, and I've I, never seen anything like it. I went up to our, our friend, uh, a good friend of ours. I won't say his name because I don't want to out him, out him. But he was like, uh, I just got here two hours ago. I'm down $400. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, what the hell It was incredible. It was incredible. It, it, I've, I've honestly never seen anything. It was it's one of those moments where you're so taken aback by it that you're too stunned to walk away because you say to yourself, there's no way that this can just keep happening all night. Uh, it did. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. And the whole weekend, I've never seen such a trip where everyone had such bad luck. So I, I, oh, I, I stayed unreal. away. And it wasn't just, and then it wasn't just like that. Our diner we go to every morning, the day after Mohegan was under renovation. And oh not my open. God. Uh, friendlies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> we, Hold on. We, we got another sponsor of the podcast. Hold Buffalo on. Wild Wings and Friendlies. Fuck Friendlies. I, I'm sorry for all the cursing on this podcast. Last week we didn't curse at all. This one we're going crazy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not either. I'm not. We, our, our, our diner that we usually go to is attached to a bowling alley. It's a great time. We went to Friendlies instead. And at this Friendlies. Well, because the, because yeah, because the bowling alley was closed. There were, and the, only, the real other reason we went to Friendlies uh, was because it was the only other thing within walking distance. Right. And the roads, were, the roads were shit. It was snowing. The roads were shit. None of us wanted to drive anywhere. So we either could have... Uh, oh, shit. We either... My phone fell. Okay, so you're, you're right. Let, let, let me talk about friendlies real quick. We got there. Well, I, well no, I just want to... I just want to see the picture. The, the decision... <laughs> the choices we had were not eat or go to friendlies that those were the only two options that's true there yeah it was either drive drive to another place like the place we had on sunday which is a beautiful little brunch place or go to friendlies so uh, my group of, of people that uh, we did not know where everyone was we finally found out where you were at friendlies we got there at eleven ten, i believe now when we sat down no uh, you got no you got there you got there we got there at eleven twenty. Okay. doesn't matter the time and we're heartbroken it, you got you got around noon okay fine so we got there most places, now, am I crazy? Most places will serve breakfast at least, you know, most of the day. Now, I might be, I might be nuts, but I sat down, me and my friend formulated a plan of, like, what are we going to eat? Uh, definitely French toast, and we'll split an omelet, you know, like, do trade negotiation. I'm, all I want right now is, is, like, a good breakfast. The lady comes up to me. I order my breakfast. She goes, we don't serve breakfast anymore. I throw my menu over my head. There's kids in sitting in this friendlies and i just walk over to you guys where you're all sitting a little bit away from us and scream at you are you kidding me um and i i kind of threw a, t- a tantrum and a hissy fit about breakfast I'm, i was a little bitch i won't lie but i sat back down and i ordered a crispy chicken wrap it came out it was just lettuce and mustard <laughs> it was only lettuce and mustard okay. at all i know you got a good one i have 
I, I have responses for you. First of okay. all, you can't throw a temper tantrum and then expect your food to be good. No, I knew it was That's on you. I knew if I was you, what, you, what you should have done. What you should have done is be a man and just go back to the hotel and not eat. Yeah. Once you once you throw a once you throw a temper tantrum, you <laughs> then lose all rights to complain about the food because they should make your food like shit. They made it like shit, they and, and I knew should. they were going to spit in it, and they should have. I probably ate a ton of saliva yeah. and some other stuff. And they are within their rights because you're an asshole. So, <laughs> like, if you're going to be an asshole, embrace the asshole and leave the restaurant. Yeah. Don't then just sit there and complain about the food. Yeah, that's I did. on you. I for that for that I feel bad for friendlies. Now, here's the thing. To your question, do most places continue to serve breakfast mostly throughout the day? Uh, diners do. Okay. If you go to a diner, you can order breakfast whenever you want. That's true. Yes. Or a Waffle House. You I guess I'm spoiled from, from the Long Island diners in my life, yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. I've always in my head, like, I always treat Denny's and Friendly's like chain diners. I like that. That was my impression of Friendly's when I went there. I was like, that, that was me ah, too. they do breakfast all day. Yeah, it's like a chain like, diner. Like, I can eat ice cream mistake. at 9 a.m. Why can't I eat breakfast at 3? Right, right. That's, that's, I think, the mistake we all made. We assumed Friendly's was like a shitty diner, when really Friendly's is just a shitty train restaurant. Yeah, and the ice cream, I'm sure, is amazing. Uh, my table got ice cream. I refused to get it because I knew it would have poop stains in it. And, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you should have just left. Like, I don't. I really don't feel bad for you having bad food because. But it wasn't just there me is that no had bad food. Right? It was everyone, except for you, maybe. Right, but but here's the thing: everyone kind of was expecting bad food because it's friendlies. Yeah. So if you're expecting a five star, like, my I got the same thing you did. I had no complaints. I wasn't expecting like the greatest crispy right. chicken sandwich of all time. Yeah. I was just expecting something to put in my stomach, and uh, you know uh, what? It was. It, it did that. Our good it friend Mike Rock got the same it, thing it as me. Up alcohol. And we mostly just ate lettuce and mustard. So it was really fucking bad. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't feel – you should have just left. You should have – Now, let's talk about the Pantry Cafe because – Oh, my God. Uh, you guys – I have stories from our breakfast. Okay. Uh, in, in, because the food was great, first of all. Um, I, by I the had, way, welcome to Talking Food with Greg and Ryan. Oh, the, the the pantry cafe in uh, Norwich, Connecticut, cannot be highly recommended enough. Now, here's here's the problem: uh, the pantry cafe holds itself in high regards. It's a place that likes to smell its own fart. It definitely does that. Is the vibe I get from it? Sure. So, I was not in the mood for a place that liked to smell its own farts. I wanted a place that would just throw breakfast food at me until I couldn't eat anymore. Okay. Um, and so did our friend. Uh, Mike Arajema. Right, okay. That's all we wanted. Mike Mike ordered three items on the menu, and the waitress just goes, that's a lot of food. Are you sure you want it? Uh, bitch, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to fucking order it if I didn't want it. I mean, I don't need your goddamn judgment. I got a lot of food. It was it was great. I mean, I know we're reviewing a restaurant no one knows anything about, and probably no one lives in North Connecticut here, but it was it was a great time. Okay, just, uh, Mike, Mike got two certain, like, there are words for, like, there are actual names on the menu, but since people don't know the names on the menu, Mike got two servings of bacon, okay. um, two toasted English muffins, Was it two, pieces of French, two pieces of French toast, okay. um, and then a bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Was that not, not and, enough? And uh, eggs, two eggs over easy. Okay. <laughs> like, a- Mike did get a lot of food. But you know, you want to know what else Mike did? Mike ate all his fucking food. Yeah, because well, he's a fucking man, bro. That's what you got to do. I mean, yeah, I just, I do have a, like that place. 
don't I mean, know what your point here was. It was wonderful I, experience. <laughs> my point my point here is no waitress should ever ask, Are you sure that's what you want? That seems like a lot of food. You're right. I, I, I know, know what, what I want. I said. Just hey, listen here, lady. Use your pen. Write words down on that piece of paper, and then bring me that fucking food. I had and I'll a great tell you time. What I will and will not do. And I will say, I, I might admit, I searched for some of the staff on Instagram afterwards. So, um, we'll just leave it. At well, that. yeah, because apparently, apparently, the girl from that awkward moment worked there, and she's loved my life. She was love of my life. Um, so shout out to the pantry girl, and uh, shout out to the pantry fuck friendlies, and uh, happy year one year anniversary. Before we go, I do want to talk one yeah. more quick thing. Spoiler alert coming up for everyone else. Rogue One. I just want to hit it for oh, two minutes. Oh, Rogue One? Oh, two, yeah, absolutely. Two yeah, turn, 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 off, turn off the fucking podcast. Yeah, you, if you haven't seen Rogue One, get the fuck deep. out of here. Uh, we're cursing a lot. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Blue Church Break, Instagram, Blue Church Breakaway, Facebook, Blue Church Breakaway, Blue Church Breakaway, Blue Church Breakaway. Uh, thank you for one-year anniversary wishes. We love you all. Rogue One spoiler start now. Okay. That movie is at least Whoa. the third best Star Wars. At least. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm saying, cause we watched a little bit of the prequels this weekend. Think- They're fucking awful. Oh, oh, yeah, we watched too much of the prequels this week, and they're still shit. Uh, I think, yeah, comfortably one of the three. I think it's in my top two. Ooh, you got Empire first, right? Empire, and then and then Rogue One? Here's the thing. Uh, I think it is Empire, but I think the, the hard one for me is I don't know if it's... I think Rogue One is number two, Empire one. I think I'd put episode seven before Jedi. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's my ranking too. I have the same ranking. So I go I go Empire, but, New Hope, Rogue One, uh Return of the Jedi, Episode Seven. Or maybe I Yeah, I think I'd i put I think I'd put I think I'd put seven before Jedi. Okay, that's fair. Uh those are interchangeable at some point. They're both great movies. This yeah. movie had me I, and I, I, Giggling like a kid the entirety time. I I was smiling like, like a Cheshire cat, like sitting there. Here's like the, here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about this movie. Uh, it's the first Star Wars where you know the ending. Yeah, you know what's gonna happen. You know exactly what's gonna happen, but you don't know the process in which it happens. Which those movies can be difficult, right? Where you know the ending and you just you need to know how you get there. Um, because if if the movie if the movie isn't that great and you already know the ending it feels like you like you judge it more harshly because you feel like you've wasted 90 minutes of your life exactly like you knew the ending you didn't need to see the movie so any movie like that is very hard to live up to high expectations oh they make it and i think all of us all of us went into that movie with extremely high expectations and they just blew it out of the water and finally you know i'm just so fucking happy that the greatest star wars loophole of all time has now been closed the the uh the reason why there's no like bars on the on the Death Star like why the why there's open or, vents or everywhere just, just the reason just the reason why there's like a kill switch yeah like the the greatest loophole of all time is has always been well why make the fucking kill switch just put something there yeah well now like, we know no one is no one no one explained why that was and this movie explains why that was. And it, and it really it, does make they it, did it per- they did it perfectly. I know it's great. And there's so many scenes that are just mind-blowing. Like all, all the space like uh dogfighting scenes just get me so giddy. Uh, seeing X-wings and Y-wings like do those ground like the over the beaches is just a sight that I like w- would think and dream about as a kid. And to watch them come to life It's and, a war movie. Yeah, it's a it's a war Probably. espionage movie, like legit. It stands alone. If like if a- if there was no Star Wars, this movie would still be good. Period. Well, I don't know about that. I it wouldn't think, be great. It would not be great. It would be good. No, I, 
this is not this is not a standalone movie for sure, um, because you you needed the background. That's true. One, and... you needed to know you need you needed to know why you gave a shit about the Death Star, and you needed to know who Darth Vader was. Oh, we gotta we gotta hit that real quick. The spoiler okay. big time coming right now. When the last Vader scene, when he walks in and the lightsaber glows up and you those guys can't get out of there, he just murders all of them and grabs the gun, is I would have that as my desktop. That that like two minute scene is so enthralling and just shows the absolute power of who he has. And like Vader is such a cool villain, it's so weird that Anakin was so shit before then. Like they did such a bad job making but... him you know anything yeah i mean we spent we spent way too much time the the prequels were on like tnt this entire weekend and i feel like that was our background noise for anything we were doing yeah and uh every every time all of us were just commenting about how awful it was the but uh it's just, just like when you, you you kind of forget how bad it is the, you, the lot, you I, watch it oh my god I, yeah no i totally forgot how bad the cgi was and then i you see it and you're just like how how did this get made it's, why is this it thing? really is like impressive but, Take it, I, I take it one step further. Uh, Hayden Christensen might be the worst actor of all time. Mm, I think he got terrible. dealt a bad head. I think he got dealt a shitty script. I, he, no, I, I, think, I think it's a shitty script and a shitty actor. I, I don't think anyone was doing him any favors, but he is his own worst enemy. I know. Um, I, hashtag lit. Really hashtag uh, <laughs> uh, But at, at the same time, I have a I something that's always bothered me, right? So, Senator Amidala. Okay. She Natalie is Portman. played by Natalie Portman. Yep. Through all three movies. Yep. How old were we to believe she was in Episode One? I think, I get a very early twenties vibe from her, right? I think she's actually supposed to be a teen like, at that point. I think she's supposed to be fourteen in Episode One. I think I'm not. I'm not. 14, I, I'm not as much okay, of a nerd but to, how, to say how old, how old is how old is Anakin? We're supposed to believe he's eight. Yeah, he's eight ish. Yeah. It, let's let's see. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say that Amidala in one is fourteen. Okay. I don't think there's any. Now, oh. um, this is a very broad paint. According to Google, I'm rushing here. Just just side side note. According to Google, Padme Amidala is fourteen years old in the first episode. Okay. What 14-year-old girl meets an 8-year-old boy that she eventually turns out to have feelings for, where the 8-year-old boy immediately has feelings for her? Yeah, that doesn't happen. And, and also, I've he's never a dick. understood. I've never understood. I just, I, I don't, I didn't, I don't like it. It, it don't sit well with me, Ryan. It doesn't I, sit I well never, with me I never either, liked right? that. I never liked that a 14-year-old, uh, took all this love and admiration from an eight-year-old boy and didn't, like, turn it down a couple of years later when, I don't know, you should? Yeah, and, you know, getting force choked out in the last episode. But back to Rogue One real yeah. quick. I just want to say the entire movie experience was incredible. They do great fan service, and you could tell the directors paid expert attention because there's a lot of Easter eggs in the background that you don't pick up on the first time. Um, there's, like, blue milk in the background. That's, like, in episode episode four. And like also episode two, it's it's crazy the amount of detail they put into this. The side characters and cast. Well, they also they oh. also they used deleted clips from yep uh, episode four. Yep. And they they used the magic of CGI to bring people back from the dead. 
Yeah, which is, those guys, like, they look a little creepy, but it, when I first saw them, I couldn't tell. So I was like, wow, that's really impressive. I couldn't, I, I didn't notice until a friend of ours brought it up. I was like, what? Yeah, yep. Say, say what? Say what? Great, um, so great job by but that. But yeah, no, my, uh, it was, it was fantastic. And, um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's just, Felicity Jones. Oh. I don't know what you need me, I don't know what you need from me. <laughs> Uh, to make this possible, but like I fell in love with Daisy Ridley after episode seven. I was like, I don't think I'll ever love a woman like I do Daisy Ridley. Right. And then Felicity Jones comes in my life and is like, well, now I'm just conflicted. Yeah. Now you got tough times with Star Wars loves. Yeah. Those both of them are, are but, something to look at. I will say maybe, maybe the happiest, well, not happiest because you know, uh, big spoiler here. Big spoilers coming right now. I was very, I was very, very, very pleased that we didn't get the corny um, Jin and Kat are Han Solo's parents. Yep, I'm so happy we didn't get that, and I'm because also happy that that potential that potential was 100 percent there. It was, and I like that. Nope, that's that's not it. I I very much like it. Me too, and I also like that they also. Uh, well, they couldn't be Han Solo's parents because the timeline's right before episode four. So, but maybe. Um, but also that, well, I just like that they all died. Yeah, but you, you could have, <laughs> yeah. Like, and you could have also somehow adjusted the timeline where it's not immediately before episode four. Like fine. maybe it took, maybe it took, uh, another couple years to figure out how to actually destroy the fucking thing. But I do like that. Literally, you could end Rogue One and start watching episode four. Like right away. And it's almost like a continuous... It's a continuous line. It, it's great. Um, but and, uh, the fact that they killed everyone the and didn't like, more... have this happy ending where so like like Jane escapes like was perfect. They they needed to go. Um, there's one other thing I was oh um, am I just the only idiot? I had no idea the Death Star could travel I, at warp speed. I didn't know either, but I guess we should have known. I think I, I knew that, but I forgot. It's crazy that it can. No, but here's, here's if the if the Death Star can travel at warp speed, then why does it take twenty fucking minutes for it to get in position to destroy that planet in the fourth movie? Yeah, that that is true. Hmm. Like that that was the one thing in my mind. I was like, all right, if this thing could travel at warp speed, now I have questions about how it takes twenty minutes to go what felt like less than a nautical mile. Right. All right. Well, Greg, you need to you need to get the hell out of here. You got to go back to work. Um. But, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, what time is it? It's 8 o'clock. Yep, I absolutely, it's 8 o'clock. I yep. gotta go. I gotta go. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. We'll, we'll be back next week. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and all the et cetera. So bye bye. I'm getting out, getting out of the car. Bye bye.